Okay, hello everyone. I am very excited about this episode personally. Um, in the lounge today, I have one of my most favorite master texture hairstylists, Pekila Riley. Um, her aesthetic, her artistic aesthetic for me has always been supremely creative, incredibly edgy and, you know, essentially elevated. Um, I would define her work as texture futurism, if I'm honest with you. Um, there's just something so forward thinking about the way that she creates shapes and movement into, into hair. Um, Pekila is also an entrepreneur, you should know that. She's the founder of Salon PK, which is based in Jacksonville, Florida, where she's from, where she lives. And she's also the founder of a phenomenal, I mean phenomenal natural hair extension line called True and Pure Texture. And I know that she founded True and Pure Texture um, purely because of the frustration of women of color damaging their own natural hair, trying to blend uh, with the silky mainstream extensions that were prevalent in the market um, of those days. I'm very familiar with that. I used to wear hair that was super long and silky that didn't match mine and trying to blend my my texture with it was um, definitely incredibly damaging. So um, before I introduce PK on, lastly, I just want to say that I have really enjoyed watching her create this unapologetic love affair with textured hair and she's doing it incredibly well so pk welcome to the texture lounge hi to me thank you for having me in this you know in the texture lounge i am so honored to be here with you today and you thank look amazing you so much for that amazing introduction i was just like i was just cheesing i was like wow okay <laughs> well it's all true it's all true it's, it's easy when thank it's true so easy when it's true so the first question that I usually always ask my guests is more of a signature question, and it's about the meaning behind your name. So I've never met a Pekila before in my life. You're the only one. <laughs> um, I would love to know the meaning behind Pekila. Wow. So, you know, uh, for years, I did not know. I, I lost my mother fairly young before I could even think about like the meaning of my name. And one day I was booking a flight and the call center was like in Hawaii and um, someone shared with me that my name actually is a very old Polynesian name, like Mary or Martha. So uh, I began to look that up and it has something to do with strength. Um, but yeah, it is uh, Polynesian. Not sure where my mother okay. got that from, um, okay. but I don't know another Pekila. I have not, I've yet to find another Pekila and I've Googled and Googled that. So quite um, interesting. I feel like you need to go ahead and trademark your name in that case. Let's do it. Get it done. <laughs> Get it down. Okay. So tell me a little bit about Pekila's zone of genius. So um, I'm curious to know what, what you feel your zone of genius is. A lot of people are talking about that generally uh, on social across entrepreneurship, et cetera. But what is your zone of genius? What does it look like? Uh, my zone of genius definitely is visual. Uh, even when I, I can't, I can barely communicate without my hands, you know, pointing and things of that nature. But it yeah. certainly is, uh, you know, really uh, almost like four dimensional, four dimensional uh, visualization of something. Um, okay. That's definitely what I pour into each situation. And that surprisingly shows up in even entrepreneurship 
just sort of being mm. able to see things in a 4D way, but certainly in the way that I produce, particularly hair artistry. And it also shows up even like, even like the quality of, you know, the type of extensions we may want to create or carry is that type yeah. of way, but certainly the way that I can visualize and execute in a 4D way. It was one of the things that I used to love working with you um, when back in the Mizani days was exactly that. Like I knew that if we had Pekila on board, like the visual aesthetic was just going to be through the roof because that is your zone of genius. Like creating this 4D concept, like we'll talk a little bit about that. I don't want to derail too much from, you know, where we're going right now, but it's one of the things that I appreciate the most about you. So. All right. So what is it about you that makes you great at what you do? Well, what makes me great at what I do is just that I truly love it. Um, I have been so very fortunate enough to align very early with a way to sort of take care of myself uh, or even prosper with doing what I love. So uh, creating and hair was something I, I, I truly, truly enjoy. And um just being able to just almost like just explore the layers. Um, I am an explorer. I don't know if I'm mastering hair. I explore hair. I'm not necessarily a master. I'm an explorer okay. of this thing that I love so much. And it just keeps giving and giving every layer of it just keeps giving something. So I, I feel like I'm a master explorer because <laughs> I've okay. done so many things. I love that. I love that. Um, so in this moment right now, you and I talking kind of face-to-face-ish, you know, visually or virtually, I should say, what is the one word that describes how you're feeling right now? How I'm feeling right now? Yeah. One word. Worthy. Okay. Worthy. Okay. Why do you say that? I say that because I have been currently, like in the last few years, just in a state, this constant state, what I feel is called unlearning, which I think is the the highest form of, of, of evolution or learning. Um, all these things that, you know, are we of value? What our worth is? Are we successful? Um, you know, the fleeting highs of accomplishment and then needing to chase the next thing. But allowing myself to be in this moment of just not of uber rigor and still feeling worthy, you know, Mm -hmm. worthy of a good life and understanding. Uh, I think when you feel worthy, you can look around and you can see the good in your life. So that's, that's, that's where I'm at right now. I feel worthy. I feel worthy of all the good that I have Mm -hmm. and all the good that will be. I love it. So good. All right. So let's play a little bit into your personality here. Would you describe yourself more as an introvert or extrovert? And and how does that play in how you create? How oh, it definitely plays in how I create. I am an introvert. I'm very much an introvert. And I, uh, if you know me, you know that is the case. Um, but I show up for people that I love situations that I love. It's like I'm inspired to show up, but I'm truly an um, an introvert. Um, how that shows up, it means that when you see me doing something, I really want to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I that is just the truth. 
and you know, there are times, of course, we do what we have to do. We do a lot of what we have to do. But if you see me sort of consistently on a roll with something, I'm truly aligned with it. And I feel very fortunate just to even be able to make those type of choices to mm-hmm. be aligned with what I do consistently because I am a person that um, I can just float away into the woods or be at the beach and I don't have to be on IG and I don't have to do these things. And I like Mm -hmm. to just do like really low key things. Yeah. I'm realizing that, you know, me being an introvert myself, I'm slowly realizing that the people that I've, most of the people that I've had on this podcast are also introverts. I think I naturally gravitate towards introverts because it's, and it makes sense, right? Like, you know, people who are introverts typically don't want to constantly be around, you know, high energy, like it's draining. Um, so being with people, yeah, no, honestly, like if you see me in those scenarios, it's because I have to be that (laughs) It's because I typically have to be that, or I really, like you say, really want to be that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's never, it's never, a you know, let me just go explore and see what this thing. No, no, Mm -hmm. I either have to be there or I genuinely (laughs) want to be that. There's none of that. So I'm just realizing that I'm clearly drawn to like-minded people in that sense. And I I figured you were going to say introvert for that reason. Okay. So what are you reading? Are you reading anything interesting right now? You know, right now I'm listening to uh, the teachings of uh, Abraham Hicks, uh, which is kind of, uh, you know, a lot of the inspiration behind the law of attraction and the secret. Um, So that's what I'm currently listening to. And um, yeah, it just kind of keeps changing. I think it's uh, another one I started listening to this morning was Alan Watts, uh, You're It. So um, yeah, but I am, uh, I, because I walk so much and I'm outside so much, I'm actually listening to a ton Mm. of of books. (laughs) at the Got moment it. yeah but Got those it. are the two that I'm, I'm I'm knee deep in and I think that I found them because I wanted to find them that was like I, I wanted to hear what their line with well, almost what I wanted to hear Got <laughs> I'm it. only seeking out what I want to hear <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me um, so you look amazing. I mean, I'm looking at you right now, the earrings to the hair, to the shape, to the colors, to the everything, the fabrics, like I'm totally feeling peculiar energy right now. Um, tell us about your personal fashion and, and beauty style. Oh, wow. Um, I think it's pretty simple. I am a, I am a repeater, a repeater, a repeater. I love, um, I love neutrals. Um, I do love color, uh, but they're typically pastel. Um, This is, I'm actually playing with the little expression of this this orange. I've just been, that energy has spoken to me. And if you kind of look on my IG feed, I've just been, just been drawn to it. It shows up. Mm -hmm. So I get in that space, but I'm pretty simple. Um, in the sense that most of the things that I wear, I have for years. Um, people will say, oh, I love that. And I'm like, it's 11 years old. Or yes, I'm old enough to have things like 11 years old or five <laughs> years old or eight years yeah. old because yeah. that's typically how I shop. They're really classic pieces that I just interchange. And I um, 
we're sort of over and over if I can say that you know I'm just kind of mm-hmm. over it like yeah pe- mm. you know I know IG is all about the outfit of the day but I typically have like outfits for years and that's where I kind of feel like I don't all don't completely fit in on our fashion and beauty scene because I don't just like I'm not like on the super edge of fashion because mm-hmm. I, I can be so very practical in that way but it's um it's simple and I feel like it's uncomplicated because if I feel like if it's too much of a fuss I'm gonna feel really like self-conscious or I can feel yeah. a little insecure in that so I just kind of yeah. keep it simple but what about the hair though because you know it's not it's never it's never that's not simple <laughs> like well this are... is a simple and th- but in my way in my own way it is it's like if you give it a shape and you give it a fluff, that's enough. Like that's it. you don't okay. need a twist and you don't need a gold thing and you don't need a bang, right? So yeah. here is where I think my eccentric expression will, will come out most. Um, and it is uh, like, this was actually like something that was really, really curly, but I'm like, let's, let's brush it out, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, this is where I will play or feel like it is um, my hair fashion. Um, years ago, that was my Instagram name, was hair fashion. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, well, I'll always be tequila, so let me change my IG to that. But I think this is where I express um, um, a degree of fashion and also where I almost can envision what the hair will pair well with, you know? Um, even outside of myself like um, let the hair do a little bit more and then you know my sort of pared down wardrobe can do a little bit less and then there's balance so I'm seeking balance with what the hair is doing with you know what the clothes are doing I love that okay so just going back into time coming up as a young tequila um, can you tell us about one insecurity that you had growing up and how you overcame it if you have Wow. I was growing up in the South. Uh, there were just, I can't even, I should have named 10, but I'll just name one. Like was my lips. Like growing up, like mm-hmm. having full lips was just like, you know, we were all really? everything up until South? recently. Yes. Everything up until recently was like, you know, anti-blackness. Everything was anti-blackness. So, I mean, I have these very full lips. And I literally feel like I've had the same lip size since I was probably in the seventh grade. I feel like I've always had like the same size hips and I've had the same size lips and all these things that just sort of mature very quickly. And then Mm. it kind of stopped. Right. But yeah, I used to actually kind of like shrink myself by shrinking my lips. Like, and now Mm. I just, I don't do that. So um, I just, I, I've just learned to appreciate my features and their uniqueness, I always felt, used to feel aware about my features, literally the things that I, I like, like the chinginess of my eyes, the fullness of my lips, these super high cheeks. I used to desire that they were different because they are so very Afrocentric. And we yeah. have spent so many, it's all of our life, we spent our entire lives in anti-Blackness, in a sea, the abyss of anti-Blackness. Yeah, And we're just now just almost feeling the sun on our face. It's like we were in an abyss of hate and like we're just now feeling the sun on our face. So yeah, a lot about that expression. 
I love a that lot about me that I just, you know, I, I wanted to be lighter. I wanted to have thinner lips and whatever it was that was anti-blackness until you just, you just grow up and you just, you work really hard to, to love yourself. Yeah. Mm. You gotta love your, we had to love ourselves before this world did. And now we're like the, the it thing. <laughs> the thing. Yeah. yeah. The thing. The thing, the thing that everybody I wants. I haven't forgot. I have a little, I literally have a little, a little resentment for that because we were just sort of trolled for our, literally oh my our beauty. Uh, completely. I mean, Whoa. did you not just see? Did you not just see like last week? When was it? Last week or two weeks ago when Hailey Bieber put out that um TikTok reel of oh. her doing the brownie the brownie gra- brown what was it? The brownie the brownie there. gloss or something. I saw yeah. that. I was like, what? and by the way, I'm wearing that right now. But let me tell you, I was wearing this back in the nineties <laughs> myself and before Hailey Bieber came around. Listen. Listen, you know, and I'm a, I'm a woman of a certain age. So, and then my aunts, you know, I'm just like, no. And then like the lipstick on the cheeks and so much. And so we, you know, not to go to an angry place. We have inspired so much, you know, we have inspired so much and, um, we don't get the credit, but I do still create this parallel, to almost like the sun is on our face now. We were literally like buried, like with the hate, the anti-deeply seated anti-blackness. And even right now in its topical uh, interpolation, it's very topical still. It is still the beginning. We are starting to feel that warmth on our face that that love and that acceptance for, for who we are, um, at least with our physical features. Right. No, I think you're so, you're so right about that. And I love this expression. The sun is finally on our faces. Like yeah. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to hold on to that. Yeah. I feel too, because I mean, I'm just keeping it real. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure there's somebody that had like the the best, you know, mentor or maternal figures that maybe coached them through that. I did not have that. I didn't necessarily yeah. have like strong maternal um, figures in my life growing up. So I dealt with it real and raw and all that insecurity and that shrinking that came with that. I did all of that. I, mm-hmm. I, I experienced all of that. So I think that I went through a period where I began, when I started to feel cute, I started to act real cute. I was like, (laughs) did I I realize I needed to calm down a little bit, right? Because it's like, you need to come back to the middle. (laughs) But that was because I had just felt like non-pretty just growing up. Yeah. And I think a lot of Black women have felt that way. And, mm-hmm. you know, I actually this week just finished reading for the first time, um, the bluest, the bluest eye by Toni mm. Morrison. And actually the, the main character is called Picola. And, um, she, you know, went through that whole, basically her whole life, just feeling like less than and ugly and she asked for blue eyes because she felt like blue eyes and blonde hair and all of that equated to beauty and that's what she wanted and that's what she saw was beauty so um 
you know, that's a book that goes way back when. Um, I'm sure many people have read it and read it over and over again. It was my first time, but, you know, sitting here in 2022, reading that and hearing what you're saying, it's, it's, a, it's a cycle. It's a cycle mm-hmm. that a lot of us have, we've gone through that, you know, and I think it's really now in our hands to pass on the torch and to, you know, raise our kids to let them feel that sun on their face every day. Every day. I just, I was, as you were just sharing, I was just like, and and just speaking about where we are now, you know, we are breaking down that door and we we sort of crack that, we crack that beam and we're letting the light come in. And I was just like, imagine being born today with this love and these sisters, these sisters, this community. Oh my God. It's different. Ah, it's so different. Yes. I can't even yes. imagine. It's just, it's just so different. Yeah, the, the, the sister girl meetups and all like just imagine being born in, in this time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is and this is this is the work. This is why this is, is why the work needed to be done, and that's why we do it. So when did your love affair with hair begin? Wow. I, you know, I, like many things that I can, you can be contrary, but you know, my love with hair began a long time ago. My mother and my aunt, they were very, you know, very talented women around hair. Um, and so I just thought, I always saw like braids and, and just various things and I wouldn't actually touch it. I just didn't, they were so wickedly gifted that, it made me almost intimidated, I think, for years to even touch hair. I, I, I literally went to nursing school before I went to hair school. Huh. <laughs> and wow. even when I went to hair school, my aunts, they were like, what are you doing? Like, you're not like mm-hmm. nobody even thought I would just really do it because I was so slow to gravitate to it. It, it really sort of hit me late. Um, but I always had that appreciation um, to the artistry and I always would see like the veins and like their fingers when they would braid or my mom, she was, a, um, um, my mom was a barber actually. Um, oh, so okay. she, and she would also pick up work as an artist. Uh, she could paint, you know, she might get hired by a local daycare to paint, you know, the Disney characters on the walls and things of that nature. So, I've always had appreciation for artistry, um, symmetry, balance, things of that nature. It was always there, but it did sort of manifest. I sort of developed it um, relatively late, um, comparably from a lot of my peers. Okay. So talk to us about that. Like, when did you realize that your career was going to be in hair? Because obviously you went to nursing school thinking that you were going to go down well, that direction. Well, I was... I was <laughs> You know, life calls you to where you're supposed to be. So the job that I could find was the secretary for the cosmetology department (laughs) at Florida State College. (laughs) Really? So that's how it started? Well, that's how it started. started. Like literally seeing everything that I saw within my, you know, even from in my family, I just, I appreciated it, but I didn't feel that I was good enough to do it. And so it was in that job, which I was a horrible secretary. 
<laughs> I was horrible. Um, but she loved me. She she kind of liked me, and I liked her. We just had this thing. Like I just I love my boss, and she loved me. And a couple times she would find me on the floor. I was like because I had seen so much with hair. I sort of knew, like, well, maybe if you put her bangs this way, you know, maybe like okay. do it. And I'm like, so she would catch me out on the student floor a lot. And one day she came over to me. She said, "You are a stylist, and I just have no idea why you struggle with it." So she was like, "You can, you can sign up for um, cosmetology, or I'll fire you." <laughs> I was like, "What?" That's a way to do it. She's like, "You can sign up for cosmetology, or I can fire you." That is hilarious. So I remember, um, you know, telling my mom and my aunt, and it was like, it took her to tell you that. And I was like, it was just everything that everybody said. It, was, it wasn't just that she had this sure. outweighing voice, but it was a culmination of, of so many nudges. And I was right there making a point of, I was making a difference with the cosmetology students with what I saw, what I could envision for the people that were coming in there and they looked to me and I wasn't even in the program. And so I literally went from one, you know, <laughs> one semester I was college credit and the next semester I was uh, vocational cosmetology. Uh, okay. I challenged the board in nine months and I've never looked back. Nice. Nice. I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now I have a, a picture of how it started and you were essentially a secretary at cosmetology school back in, uh, back in Florida. And I never yeah. knew that. I'm glad I asked you that question. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Yeah, so your signature so look, I want to talk about your signature looks because, um, like I said in the, in the intro texture futurism, I was trying to find a, a way to describe like, when, what would be the word that I would use to describe, uh, PK's, uh, aesthetic. I, I honestly think that texture futurism was the word that came to my came to my head and that's really because I feel like you take styling to no a place that no one has really gone before um you celebrate the kink in our hair your your looks are so texture forward you give us looks that we can be proud of and that we can aspire that we want to aspire to have um you always get the assignment every single time so when it's time for you to create one of your signature iconic looks i don't know for a major beauty moment for a brand um an event a campaign what sparks your creativity process mm. The person, the model, the subject. Okay. Uh, you know, I can go in with an objective, um, all the skew in mind, um, you know, the artboard, the, you know, the storyboards in which we've created. And they do serve as a guide. Even as an artist, you should have a guide. It's also like, yeah. you know, you want to you wanna color in the line. So the guide is always in mind. However, that color palette or some nuance to it may change. And that is purely inspired by the person, the human, that okay. makes me change it. I always change what I thought it could be. And so I think that when we create our best art, it is being malleable. It is being open. Mm -hmm. Um you can't just lock into what you thought it was going to be because if you do that, you've eliminated the humanity from the art, the human being, the person that you're yeah. touching from mm -hmm. it. So 
that's already that always um shows up in my work those are the little nuances to it um and also too uh, in addition to seeing who that person is in the moment um in an alter universe uh where texture is the apex and the sun is fully on our face who would she be mm. that's who that's i make like it's like a whiteboard it's a complete whiteboard mm-hmm. moment for you in this in the parallel universe of Tech of textures, the apex of all things. The sun is fully on our face. Who would she be? Yeah. And that's why I say texture futurism, because it's like, mm-hmm. it's not the past. It's not the present. Maybe it's a mix of the both of both. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's going down a road that no one's really traversed before, because now you're not locking yourself into any one mindset or any one goal that somebody in a boardroom has, you know, put together, you've kind of got this whiteboard, this canvas, and you are creating as your heart tells you to. Mm-hmm. Something. Yes. Like and, you know, as an artist, you know, we have to, we find ourselves in that situation where there's what you need, you know, what the objectives are, but, you know, yeah. I think we owe the situation. You get we give it to highest good by bringing that. That is our that is our magic, our mojo. Yeah, um, that's what makes it special. Um, yeah. and you can always tell when you have been given that grace and space to bring the best to that situation. And you also can witness when uh, they kind of pretty much just locked in on yeah. the bullet points, and then and it, it reads that way does it does so how so you so you're a hair artist right a hair artist um who has an incredible high elevated aesthetic and is known for that and you've launched businesses too right so what did you learn in that process from being a creator to being a a business owner well yeah those in you two there are things that definitely overlap and there are things that totally are different but you know being a creative and and then an entrepreneur uh they overlap in that you always have to be creative as an entrepreneur like you Mm. literally have to figure things out and that's very similar to hair you know there's sometimes things are falling you're trying to make it stand up high and you have like i didn't know how to make this puff you go into it not knowing how to make a, the puff sit a certain way, but you right. just, you're doing the pins and you're like, yeah, nah, yeah. No. and that's that. And you're doing that also with entrepreneurship. You are putting your best foot forward and you're constantly readjusting and readjusting to things are in balance. And that's very parallel to the art in which you create. So I find that same memory muscle shows up in, um, you know, my businesses <laughs> and also a lot, not allowing the period of adjustment to not feel like a failure. It's just kind of mm-hmm. sort of like a style change, you know? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, I like that. Chemical damage is just a style change. <laughs> 
Did you so, guys hear how Fikila like literally compared and linked onto the shifts in entrepreneurship to <laughs> to wearing different hairstyles? I love that. As long as there's no yeah, I mean, it's, it's a style change. If you think about even true and pure texture, we yeah. Uh, my first colors were like this kind of teal and this sort of vibrant like fuchsia color, um, okay. because that was a it was very like an emotional streak, right? But it wasn't really grounded in the, the the consistent path of my vision. So sometimes we have these streaks of things. We have these, ah, and then you're like, wait a minute, that's not consistently who I am. Right? Yeah. And so yeah. uh, even in that, even branding, they are like hairstyle changes, you know, and we shouldn't be afraid to do them. I mean, Netflix has had 17 mm. logos. Oh, it's it's so real and branding, branding <laughs> is one of my, as you know, branding is one of my like favorite things in the world to do. It's what I've done professionally. It's like, I live for, you know, building a brand and logos and color palettes and tone of voice and all that good stuff. Um, but you're so right. You're so right. I think it's it, as a business owner, as someone who's building a brand, those elements can be the thing that hold us back from actually moving the business forward. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, I haven't figured out my color palette yet. I don't know if it's baby blue or ice blue or navy blue. I don't want to put the content out because I don't have the color palette like sealed down or the logo isn't quite right. I don't feel connected to it. Um, and I'm definitely like a victim of that. Like I, I have changed the texture lounge logo a bunch of different times. I've changed my color palette a bunch of different times and I've just gotten to the point where it's like, well, what are you going to do? You, are you going to, are you not going to put out any content? Are you not going to do an episode with somebody because you don't think the logo's right? Like you can change those things. No mm -hmm. one knows me right now. Like I have, you know, I'm still growing, I'm emerging and I'm using this as a moment to style shift as you say right it's yeah, just a style shift. it's a style <laughs> shift and so it doesn't you know i say that it doesn't mean that it doesn't feel fearful sometimes or you don't get into the you know the weeds of analyzing you know i can tell you that um even with a style life everything uh we suffer the most from analysis paralysis you know that can Ooh. really just lock yeah. in um, I've been there. I've been frozen. I've been like mm. having shallow breath and probably not eating for a day or two just on the noodling of a, a decision. And yes. it can get there. And that's where we just have to go. Like, yeah. Even if you're making a call and it wasn't the best one, you're still moving. Yeah. You're still moving. And sometimes it just, it just, it just is that. It totally. just is that. So, yeah, we are now at True and Pure. I think about it like, oh, yeah, we're on Logo 3. Okay. And I never, I, people are like, are you going to tell, make an announcement and explain why you changed the logo? I never did. I just kept, just kept getting it, kept clearer and clearer. And it's about the clarity. It's like yeah. as you walk on a path, it gets clearer and clearer. So it's not that you are being fickle or indecisive. And that's what we fear. But you're walking. Mm. It's just a path. And as you can, can continue to go on, it just sort of gets clearer. Yeah. And that's where I mean, the interpolation and the reiteration of what this thing is that you saw fit to bring forth, it starts to take shape. And that's what happens with a hairstyle. And I used to say this in my chair all the time. Don't worry. It's always ugly before it's pretty. Mm. Every hairstyle. Every every set of braids, every this, like yes, it, it just 
everything is ugly before it's pretty. Can I just say, (laughs) taking a second, I love that you as a stylist, uh, you know, a hairstylist, you say that because a lot of us as clients feel that way when we're in the chair. I'm going to speak for myself. I'm going to speak for myself. Whenever I sit in the chair and I leave and I have my hair done and I leave the salon, I never love it. I don't think there's really ever one time where I walked out of the salon saying this is perfect. I always mm-hmm. love it. Like the week after, like mm-hmm. I'm not a, I don't like like pieces of hair being perfectly in place, yes. neat, tidy roads of hair. Like I like a little, like it needs mm-hmm. to be out of place. I like a little fluff. I like a little frizz. Um, so, but for you as a stylist to say that, I absolutely Listen, love it. So, so much of like people, I realize one of the things, and I mean, I, I'm going to just pat myself on the, on the back with that. I just had the most amazing clientele. Um, I just, just did the thing behind my chair and it was so much of it was in the experience and that experience was grounding expectations. So, you know, was every single head of hair this magical, whimsical thing? No, but there was a there was an appreciation, uh, a loving or liking because you they were really grounded in expectation. And hair can be very, very almost too adventurous. Like you just don't know where you're in. So as much as you yeah. can tell a person about it, they feel safe. And that's what ultimately we just go through life and want to feel safe in everything, even our hair. So when you tell somebody, yeah. I know, let me tell you this. I'm going to turn you this way, but as I'm doing this, trust me, it's going to look ugly. It's going to look ugly for a while, but just hold on with me. They're like, oh my God, did you say that? I'm like, yeah, it's going to look ugly for a minute. And they're like, um, what? So then at the end, it's kind of like, because they're seeing like, is that piece going to stay there? Is this mm-hmm. piece going to stick out right there? No, mm-hmm. I really don't do my edges like that, you know, but it becomes this dialogue and this dance of all these really not so flattering moments until you end with this agreeable thing that continues to boom and becomes frothy to this very lovable thing. Mm. Oh, I just love it. I may actually end up changing the name of this episode to exactly that. It's going to get, it's going to start ugly. It starts it ugly. Pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's going it to be does. that. So mentorship did that ever play a role when you were either you know when you moved to the world of entrepreneurship let's talk about that time in your life you know starting a business launching a salon uh launching true and true true and pure texture was that ever a was mentorship was mentorship ever a thing for you not in the way that I wanted it to be but I know that I needed it and so two things I did I always want a mentor I think unofficially and then at some point officially I think when I got strong enough to like verbalize I wanted a mentor I think people felt like I was too big and old for a mentor (laughs) but I never had an official mentor but I would just find people that inspired me in a way and even if it was from afar you know that their actions sort of mentored me in a way yeah so it was always the, I wanted it so I could extract it from anything. I wanted mentorship and I wanted to be learning and I wanted to be inspired. I truly wanted that. So if a person had just 
any elements of it, I could extract that from them and leave everything mm-hmm. else. Okay. I could extract so, like the best of it. I resonate with that. And I think maybe it's something to do with us being introverts. We're not really great at asking for what we want for fear of rejection or whatnot. Um, <clears throat> so I know that I've definitely had mentors in my head, right? They don't know that they're my mentor, but mm-hmm. especially with social media, right? There are people that, you know, that I follow that share amazing advice that definitely spurs me on. Like, do you have mentors in your head? And can you tell us who they are? Wow, uh, Tumi, you I met you and you became one instantly. What? <laughs> yes, yes. You don't, you don't not, need to say that because you're on this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that just because I, I think you got to know me at this point. I won't just say that. Um, I know. Now that's the thing. I'm an introvert, but I'm also you're real. You know, you're real. I said it. I said it. Yeah. <laughs> I said oh, it, I appreciate I, that, PK. That's so sweet. No. Um. Goodness. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even my like my leap from afar, you know, we did projects together, but or Tania Golston, um, you know, from Revlon, mm-hmm. people that have okay. kind of brought me on to teams to do certain things. I just sort of really just appreciated the way that they moved in a way. Um, yeah, uh, my first boss. Uh, who was very gracious enough to just kind of speak truth into me and kind of gave me a spark to do what I ultimately end up loving the most. Mm. Um, she was she was the person that just kind of brought that type of energy to everybody, kind of, you know, gave them this pep talk. I find myself that I can feel even low. I'll give somebody this pep talk. They're just pieces they're just sort of jewels. There's a diamond, there's an emery, there's a ruby, there's a, mm-hmm. you know, there's some platinum, there's some pieces of all these gems and jewels that I've sort of borrowed from a lot of women in my life that I just sort of hold on to that. But so I want to talk a little Yeah, I don't know. Can, you know, anybody want to mentor me? I'm still open. <laughs> I was, I've never been brave enough in my life to ask for that. But mm. we can start now. <laughs> it's never too late. It's never it's too never late, too especially late. if you want I it. Feel, especially if you so want in it. so many ways, I feel like I've been grown all my life, but I also feel so very young in so many things that really involved, you know, courage and confidence and allowing myself to still feel worthy while being vulnerable. Because those two things, when I came up, and especially the way that I came up, you know, vulnerability and worth, those things that didn't those things they couldn't they took could not coexist it was an or not an and sure sure okay so I want to talk about true and pure texture because I'm obsessed personally I for those of you that see me wearing that beautiful unit I mean I have I have I have a few (laughs) I have a few and they're all true and pure texture you wear it well Well, thank you, but it's because you've produced a product that is so authentic and is beautiful. It's just beautiful. The density, the natural color, the lightweightness of it, um, the flexibility, and it's, you know, in in terms of the styles you can create with it is absolutely amazing. Um, 
So just know, guys, whenever I'm rocking that unit or a unit, my hair doesn't look like this and it's long and flowy or it's textured and it's big and whatnot. It's true and pure texture I'm using. And I didn't say it at the beginning of this episode, but Bikila has very, very, very kindly and graciously giving you guys um, a discount. Um, so you can go and shop True and Pure Texture yourself. The discount code is hashtag Texture Lounge 10. So you get 10% off. So thank you, PK, for that. But tell us about why you birthed True and Pure Texture. Well, True and Pure Texture really began with my really just problem solving in my chair. So we're going to talk about the love. I've always loved what our hair could do, but just problem being that ally and that problem solver for my customers in my chair. And I began to sort of even experiment with textures. I would like rod hair in a microwave and create little zigzag textures and use it for my client. Like they had a wedding or something like that to match their texture hair. Um, as I encourage a lot of my clients to go natural. And so I just felt that, you know, as we looked out into, as I looked out into the marketplace, the texture truly is the apex. So 70% of the population, it truly is the apex. And yet it's so underrepresented in our options for extensions. And all that was existed, especially uh, in, in, in main beauty were straight extensions or plastic. As when you got to texture, it was either synthetic or chemicalon or plastic. And so... Um, that really sort of just, you know, really inspired me to create more of, you know, who we are. I knew that we love, I feel like deep down as we begin to sort of feel the sun on our face, that, you know, that extension of our skin, that extension of our essence was our hair. And how did we, how might we expound on that and what those textures are, you know? So that really became my my motivation was like, yeah, not I'm doing creating these textures because we want more of it because guess what? All along we were enough. We were enough. Yeah. We want more of who we are. And that's just so wild to me because when I grew up, we wanted to have anything but what our texture was. And now to even have a demand for more of what we are, it's just where I wanted to be. That's just where I want it to be. Like, we want more of who we are. That's so beautiful. I, I Honestly, because of what we were talking about before, right? About us as Black women trying to shrink away from who we are and what we were mm -hmm. born with to now being in a place where we want more of that. We want to show. Yeah, like, we're like, oh, we it's too, it's too just imagine, you know, yeah. we're at a place where, like, it's too silky. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the jokes are bad, right? That's so good. It's too silky. That is it's too just, damn it's good. Too, it's too shiny. Yes. It's, yes. It's like, like no it's, thanks. It's so shiny. It's cheap. But yeah. Yeah. More of who we are. Yes. No, it yes. just doesn't. Look how those tables turned. It's amazing. And I, and I, it's amazing. I mean, and, I, and I always wanted to wanted it to turn, and I knew it would. I knew it would because the work that sisters have been putting in over the last few decades, I'm like, this thing, we are really, really seeing who we are. 
But do you mm. realize that you've that you've played a big role in that? Like in launching Trim Pure Texture, do you realize that you've put a product out there that allows us to reach for something that makes us appreciate and want more of who we are? Do you do you know that? Humbly, yes, I do. I feel Good. I do I feel very connected to what has happened uh, around texture. Uh, around tech, just texture, just even our real hair, just textured hairstyling, the craft of it, the beauty of our coils, and to this expansion of that conversation and that expansion of that expression with hair extensions. But it really began with the appreciation and just really centering who we are. That's always been my love. And so uh, just to like, I'm like, no, we're we're gonna fall so in love with ourselves, and we're just gonna only want more of ourselves. We're gonna, it's gonna have to be of us, not you know, for us by us, but for us of oh, us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that. of us. I like and so, that. yeah, I were, I I just I started with the first, um, yeah, the 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 first natural hair influencers, your natural nieces and your Mitch Fonz and your curly Nickies. I started, I was a stylist on those, those shoots when the uh, early uh, naturals started to, you know, do things. And I just, I knew we had got, we had passed a threshold of love that it, it could never turn back. Mm. It, will, it will never turn back. No. I believe you. And so, so I know I went away from true and pure texture, but it just began with like the t- just like a, a tickle of my soul, like a, a deep belly laugh of, oh my goodness, we're gonna fall so so far in love with ourselves. And that's what true and pure texture is about. Like we're gonna fall so much in love with ourselves that even when we choose to express ourselves differently differently hmm. even when we choose to extend and all these are expressions of who we are we're gonna be like well does it match my hair right is it is it like me is it of me <laughs> right you know, that will be exactly. we became we are truly the apex and so it's rightful that we are the standard so true and pure texture really resonates with that value like no Black women's everything, skin, mm-hmm. lips, eyes, and hair, it is the standard. So the standard for this hair is that it matches our hair Ours. unapologetically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I love about it. But what would you say, I mean, there are lots of different hair extension brands out there. Um, obviously we know the reasons why we love true and pure texture, but I'm curious to know what makes the quality of true and pure texture so special it is certainly sourcing it is certainly sourcing and my experience as a hairstylist so uh as it comes to the micro texture of things really those uh just sort of uh not intangible they are tangible things but really knowing hair in its deepest nuances i'm able to interject that into the brand and really really nail a hair texture as it relates to when it comes to our hair and the quality of you know versus say another brand 
it truly uh, uh, goes down to sourcing. How long will you have this piece? How long will this be of value and serve you? And that comes to the quality of the sourcing. Uh, is this single donor or multiple donor? Is it is this high? Uh, is this uh, collected in an ethical way or is this floor hair? You know, these are the things mm. that we bring to the best to our our customers and to our community. You know, which uh, women of color deserve. We've always deserved these premium premium products and so yeah that's where I began was really with the highest the highest level of sourcing ethical sourcing um it's honestly the point of difference from strand to strand so can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that because I feel like there are loads of mm-hmm. us out there that um want to dip into the world of hair extensions but they're concerned about where the hair came from like what what does ethical sourcing look like for, for you and for true and pure texture yeah, so you have ethical sources. And I really don't want to call out particular regions because these can happen in, in certain cases. But so, for example, a high quality hair or raw quality hair would be collected from uh, one donor um, and the cuticles would be aligned in a certain way. So you have to understand that in order to make a certain hair product from one donor, that's quite it's more expensive. However, the cuticles of that hair is aligned. All the, the, the layers of that hair shaft is in place. And so you have a, uh, you're able to create a hair weft or a bundle of hair or a wig that will last very, very long time because that hair is from a single donor and the cuticles are aligned. Now, okay. What is a cheaper grade of hair is say that there is a collection point of, of hair and some hair has fallen in a certain way and maybe somebody else's hair has fallen in a certain way. Now, all of those things can be gathered and salvaged and they can actually make a weft that looks identical to a single donor weft. However, it's mm-hmm. going to perform quite differently because uh, when, we, when we think about the manageability of hair, that cuticle alignment is so very important in the way that it's collected because if that cuticle is upside down, guess what's going to happen? You're going to, you know, this part is going to be doing this, this part is going to be doing yeah. that. There's really like not consistency in the quality or the flow of the hair. Um, it, oftentimes it may be collected from people who have maybe had prior color and then dyed the hair. Um, mm. It could be collected from people who have had all types of things done to the hair and then they dye it to make it look as if it's virgin hair. So the sourcing mm. of making sure that these are virgin hair donors, um, single um, single to uh, double drawn donors at the, at the, at the, at the, at the least um, is what determines high quality raw hair. And that that price point, even in manufacturing, changes significantly in how that hair is collected and the carefulness in which that hair is collected. Super. That, thank you for taking us through that because um, that's a question that I've always had. Um, and now I totally get it. Like I remember back in the day when I used to buy certain types of hair extensions and I would like, you know, wand one section and do the same thing to another section and it behaves completely different. One lasts longer, one side lasts Mm -hmm. longer, the other side doesn't, collapses easier. Now I have a good frame of reference, frame of reference as to why that actually Mm -hmm. happens. So that's, that's really great to know. Yes. And so it has, a lot of it has to do with the, the 
process in which it's collected. Um, trust me, there uh, when we see much cheaper hair and things of that nature, uh, when you really know this industry, you know that it's it's for hair. It's like literally like the hair that's on the floor can be gathered to make hair products. So even in uh, high quality collection, there is still waste. And in this in, in, in the hair industry, unfortunately, nothing ever is really wasted. It all becomes something. Right. And that begins to really be your points of differentiation of quality of hair. And that begins from who are the donors and how it's collected and how it's processed after that. And to have it done right, yeah. um, it's with a lot of intention and cost. <laughs> I bet. I yeah. bet. And yeah. good quality. That was a, that, that was a journey to, 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 sure. to figure that out. I'm sure. Yeah. So are your units, the wigs um, that you sell, for example, are you saying that they are typically from one donor? Like what is, what is it? It is. Okay. Wigs, um, typically most hair products outside of a wig would be a single donor. Most okay. wigs, because of the amount of hair, are your wigs, that, as you share, they're very full. Um, yeah. So we typically have double drawn, meaning that they're double two donors to make the unit. Okay. However, the Got collection it. is so very careful that it's put in, the two donors would be put in a section and the cuticle okay. would be aligned. So okay. making sure that the cuticle alignment from the way in which it was cut from the hair is the way in which it's, it is created, the wig is created. That's very, very important. And so every now and then you're like, well, how do you get a bad bundle? Or how do we get something sometimes? Every now and then mm. that hair yeah can be put upside down. Got it. And that's going to change your perform the performance totally. Or if that person, you know, had, um, you know, hair color prior or it's not, natural, you know, they had to dye it or something like that. All these things are going to yeah. really affect the quality. So most wigs, especially full volume wigs, um, typically require um, like two donors. a double donor. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So it's still very much taboo and uncomfortable for, you know, lots of us women of color to, to wear wigs or to wear extensions. I just had a conversation with a girlfriend of mine who is trying to, who wants to explore, but doesn't quite know how to address the comments that will come from her family, for example. What do you, what do you, like, what is, what are your thoughts on this and how do we get over all of this? Well, I, I like to think of it how we, you know, we, we wear makeup, we wear uh, mascara. I mean, do we think about, you know, honestly, our first uh, extensioning of, extensions of hair, it didn't even begin with our hair, it began with, you know, being 15, putting on mascara, lengthening the lash, right? So it yeah. really just falls into um, the way I try to get people to sort of explain it to their loved one or someone who may say, well, what is this about? Is this not being of yourself? But more or less that it's an expression. It's a, a alternate expression or a varied expression of who you are. I really feel like we have so many variations to who we are, are as individuals. 
And so yeah. um, that's what hair allows us to do. It allows, you know, I literally, I was at the game the other day with my husband and I blew my hair out. I had a ponytail. I put two clip-ins and it was, that was, it was game day, Keila. Yeah. And today yeah. it's, you know, I like this wedge. I'm feeling colorful with oh, this sort of, I love it. you know, art deco thing. And the hair is just that expression, but I still feel like myself. Right. Mm. And, um, that's what extensions allows us to do. And it also allows us as, as, as women of color, one of the things that I learned is, as I realized as a stylist, not only was extensions a part of our expression of, of our beauty and how we could wear our hair, it is sometimes integral to our hair care that we need those periods of rest. So I'll just be transparent. Part of the reason I didn't wear my ponytail that I love like two days ago is that I am a woman of a certain age and I got up and walked this morning and that ponytail I am a natural girl that was like I needed to blow dry the whole thing over and all of this to kind of get my sleek pony again and so yeah. this particular option allowed me to just like put product on my edges and kind of tuck away and sort of blend and protect my hair in this moment because for many of us high manipulation styling on a daily basis is not only can be damaging to our hair, oftentimes it's not conducive to the schedules in which we have to fulfill. Yep. So we just need yep. those options. We just need those yep. options. And I think that that taboo around hair extensions is falling away because we see we're in that, that, that era of, self-expression and gender uh, fluidity and so many other things that really there is, you know, we're just starting to shed those taboos and how we express our human experience. I think a lot of that, again, I resonate with really strongly. I mean, I am someone who is starting to wear extensions more and more now. I used to coming up and then I took a break and went natural as most people mm -hmm. know me. And then in more recent years, I discovered Dream Pure Texture genuinely and um, realized like just completely fell in love with the quality um, of the hair and the versatility that it brings to my styling day. So for me, I, I use it in a couple of different, I wear, I wear my, you know, wig unit when I feel like I need a break, right? Like when I'm traveling and I can't be bothered to, you know, take down my, my flat twists, um, or I don't want my natural hair to rub up against the, you know, mm -hmm. the seat on the plane. Mm -hmm. Um, I just put my unit on that makes me look fly as heck. <laughs> it is also very easy in terms of maintaining my hair underneath it. Um, but then also for those evenings or those night outs, or even for these podcasts, sometimes I, you know, it's like, okay, this is an extension of my look. Like I'm going to mm -hmm. be seen on this screen. This is all they're going to see of me. You're not really going to see my outfit. Like what can I bring to the screen that shows that I'm switching my style up today? And mm -hmm. it's, it could be a unit. So I think that for me, it's super clear. You know, I feel good about when I wear them. I think that the conversations that I hear a lot about with my girlfriends is the men. <laughs> it's the men and like men, you know, their preconception of what, you know, a wig is and why are you wearing hair that isn't yours? Um, so I think there's education that needs to happen on that mm -hmm. side. But I don't think it's a reason for us to not explore um, our style versatility. I think it's a really interesting mm -hmm. conversation to have. 
Yeah, I, you know, and I, I, I can't lie, you know, when I, and I love, that's why I kind of love pieces that I can interchange that I'm not really fixated. You know, I know a lot of people get sew-ins and things of that nature, but I typically uh, migrate to styles that I can take on and off, right? Because yeah. I like access to my hair. I like mm-hmm. access to my real hair to not only take care of it, but to watch TV and my husband is digging his hands in it, right? Um, exactly. So that still exists. Um, but, you know, I must say I, I've been with someone who is definitely used to all sorts of things with my hair. I met my husband. Yeah. Uh, I shared it a while ago on my Instagram. I, I actually had my, my hair was shaved at the time. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I met him. I, had, I literally had a zero cut. I had the... the, the what? Oh my gosh, PK, I missed that. I missed that post. I'm going to have to scroll through your I shall send it to you. I will send yeah, it please. to you. Uh, so, and I wore my hair like that for almost two years. Um, wow. So, yeah, he kind of was knew he was on a, a ride with me from day one. Because then mm. one day after like a year and a half, maybe 18 months, I just came downstairs like with like probably a bang wig or something. And he was just kind of like, okay. This is what it's going to be. I love it. I love it. Okay. Before we talk about your piece, because I know that that's something that you are really um, protective about. I am too. So I love to talk to my guests about that. I do want to know what your most satisfying career moment is so far. Wow. Um, it, was, it involved you to me. I, I was very, That's very cool. honored to um, the the Mazzani collections were definitely um, very meaningful to me, uh, mm-hmm. as they definitely centered uh, women of color and have always stood in the vein of, of of texture excellence. So to be aligned with that brand in such a pivotal moment of where we were where we what was happening in the beauty industry with a brand that had really aligned with the value so long I just you just couldn't help feel like you were on the right side of history mm-hmm. in this very special moment because it wasn't with um sort of like the here we are now it was for the tried and true but it was the moment and like I was there for that I was there yeah. for this these 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 few years of yeah these are the people and this is the moment I can't uh, I, I, I could never forget it <laughs> I like again I love that you said that um and again I hope you didn't say it because you know it's mean I you know I know that you didn't because of that but that to date is actually my most significant and my most favorite moment in my uh, career in the hair industry and the beauty industry is that shoot. That campaign for me was just, was a moment. And, you know, typically brands like shoot every year because they're looking for the next thing. Like we didn't have to do that. No, because they're we're like, there's so much, there's so much life and so much, you know, there's still so much to it's, go. It's like, how is it, images. how is it classic and how is it new? And, yeah. you know, we, we, yeah. we were able to do that, you know, 
Um, yeah. I feel that, you know, the sort of building to that was really, you know, the, the, my, my time with Mazani afforded me that opportunity, you know, to create in South Africa, just to really even oh, yeah. ground in, in that way, even leading up to this very dynamic shoot that we, we, we shared. But certainly the, the actualization of what I felt that was of everything that Mazani has stood for and what was happening in the industry, which Mazani sort of led the undercurrent of that, really showed up in that last collection. I feel, yeah. I, feel I will always feel very proud of it. Uh, that was 2019. We're in 2022. We're still, we're still fawning over those images. You and I have, you know, <laughs> obviously. You. I mean, thanks to you as well, being the lead lead stylist for that shoot. But um, well, both mean, of our career moments were that moment. So yeah. I love that. Yeah, we didn't plan this. I've been, I've promised to. You know, I'm not saying this because it's you, but it's just so happy. I hope that, not. I mean, you can't help that it was you. You were there. We were in our history. There's some overlapping, and there is. It's just like that. There is. There is. Yeah. All right, boundaries boundaries how important are boundaries to you can you share some examples of any boundaries that you have oh yes boundaries are more and more every day um and as i speak to like unlearning unlearning the yes 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 um Mm. really just you know creating boundaries around that no i need time to just do nothing i used to feel so guilty about that like Cause we're never really doing nothing. Cause even when we're not doing nothing, we're meditating, we're resting, yes. we're working we're out, day, taking a walk, we're daydreaming. Like, and that's why, I, that's why it's so important. Like I'm feeling like, Oh my God, I feel worthy. I feel worthy of having time to daydream. Right. Mm. Um, yeah. So boundaries are, are, are so important to me right now. And I am, you know, enacting them and putting them up without apology before I always felt guilty. I feel so every day that passes, every day that I get older, I feel less and less guilty about those Mm -hmm. boundaries because all we have is this life. That's it. No, you know, this is it. There's no, well, there's no remix. There's no, no remix to this. And the fact that I'm at this age just now learning so much about myself in some way is wild and inexcusable. And I pray that that isn't the type of uh, conditioning that the next generation sort of puts on upon themselves. But that is by use of, of clear boundaries, um, being able to communicate with love um, being able to try to communicate it clearly while also letting someone's interpretation of your no be their work. Because yeah, there are times in the past where someone has told me no yeah. and I was but hurt. Yeah. I felt shaded. I felt let down. I felt da 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 da. And you know what? That my reaction to their no was my work. That's your work, yeah. And so, Absolutely. yes. That's so I have to give that you give it with love, you give the boundary, you give the the parameters with love, and really their response to it is their work. Yeah. Oof, that's a good one. So 
like how do you know when it's time for you to just disconnect from it all how do I know say that again how do you know when it's time for you Pekila to disconnect from everything and just you know not engage maybe not be on social media you know get real strong with the boundaries I I get I start to feel depressed um okay. I can start to feel very anxious and then I can feel depressed I can feel a multitude of things in a very short period of time um I'm very in tune now with my nervous system um you know we just we oh I need some coffee I'm tired as hell I just need some coffee or we just sort of patch it patch it patch it until we're just kind of you know yeah. um, but I don't I don't do that anymore I just allow myself to to um sort of feel it without numbing or fixing and when I start to feel honestly depressed is when I know so um that used to be a taboo thing. Like, of course, you're like, who's, who wants to deal with people who can feel depressed? But no, when I start to feel down or depressed, that's how I know. Because mm. if I, as soon as I unplug and just kind of get out in the sun a bit and just do go to mindless yard sales with my husband or let's just kind of go and look for plants, all of a sudden I'm just kind of back and then I'm like smoking for just weeks, just killing it. But I have to check out to do it because I feel that we're just whole human beings. And when we don't allow ourselves to sort of daydream and just be, we almost drown a part of ourselves. And I think that aching and that, that jitteriness or that depression that we feel it's literally a portion of us almost drowning. Um, that's why you you start to not be able to focus because mm-hmm. there's a part of you that's being denied. I feel like you are someone who values self-care moments, right? Mm-hmm. Like just based on what I know about you, what you just said, your IG content, what is your favorite self-care moment? Like, when you're low or maybe depressed or needing to check out, like, what do you do for yourself? Oh, my goodness. I sit out on the back porch, uh, okay. just like a sun chair, and listen to books. Um, sometimes it involves me getting really, really dirty. Um, I love to plant and, and, and just like... Me too. I love my plants. Oh, that's so good. And yeah, walking. I know. Uh, I go to the spa quite a bit. I love touch. I love touch. Um, mm. I don't. I don't think we are as human beings experience touch enough. Um, yeah. And I think if you get massages, you know that. As soon as you get a massage, you're like, I need Oof. to. Why is this the best thing ever? So. Girl, I have my appointment um, tomorrow booked. <laughs> yes, I. If you if you if you follow me on IG and you kind of know me, you know that. Those spa days are going to come. I love them. They are almost ritual. Um, mm-hmm. But sun, not having a schedule. Oof, that's touch a good one. That's a good one. It's how I come back. That's how I. That's how you bounce I, back. That's, that's my gas. That's my fuel. It's just like, I need a clear schedule. Mm-hmm. I need to. Feel the sun in the air. 
and I need touch. I need hugs and massage and and mm. and oil on my scalp or just yeah, yes. touch. <laughs> when do you feel the most beautiful? I feel most beautiful in the sun, at the water. Okay. Okay. Um when I'm allowing myself to be fully vulnerable, like I feel really pretty right now because I, I've decided to show up in this moment without a filter. And so that just kind of feels good. It just reminds me of not like, like kind of not having on shoes, just having on flip flops or just being in the sun. It just feels free. So sometimes we can create those parallel feelings when we, we just really like, you know what? I'm just going to let it be. I'm just gonna let, yeah, just gonna wiggle and share and be, yeah. So when I'm just not overthinking it, I just feel better. Are there any beauty rituals that you grew up with that you still that you still do today? Um, wow, I have such sensitive skin, so surprisingly, I don't have a lot that I actually. I would mm. I think that is part of the beauty ritual is that I okay. don't typically do a lot. I people may scream at me. I still will use, you know, coconut oil to take makeup off. Um, I know. <laughs> I know. It doesn't I, clog your skin. It doesn't clog your skin. I mean, if it doesn't, then it works for you. But so for example, um, now it can get that way. Now I have to use other things, certainly when I'm traveling and being a yeah. lot of face forward. Um, but lately, because I've sort of kind of been in a little chill mode, I might put on makeup every 10 days. <laughs> sure. sure. So right now yeah. I have that, uh, you know, I, I can afford to do that. Okay, but got it. In general, most days I am most days lately since the pandemic, most days I have a lip. I literally my glasses, these are my actual my actual glasses are shades. Um so I actually okay. do really wear glasses. I'm not always being that cool. Um but uh most of the shades that you see there are actually are prescription glasses. Um so okay. I typically just put on a lip and um I'm able to like kind of steam my face. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. kind of what, okay. what, what I'm okay. doing right now. I would Minimalism. say that anything that's helped me the most is, is diet. I can clearly tell when I'm eating well and when I'm not. Okay. Um, being a woman of a certain age, I'm starting to have like these huge hormonal changes and things that are mm-hmm. happening. So that's been, a, right. that's actually been a battle, but when I'm really mindful about how I eat, it totally affects my appearance. Um, anything from, you know, this kind of 10 pound range that I go back and forth with to like the texture of my skin. It really is about for me, the way I eat. So I feel like I, I'm probably wrong. Cause I, that's always the way that it happens, but I feel like I know what the answer to this question will be. But if you are in a rush, you've only got 15 minutes to get ready. Are you prioritizing makeup or hair? Hair. Yes. Because Not I surprised. feel like I'm going to throw my shades on and yep. get a gloss and that, there we go. And then you're good to go. 
Exactly, exactly. It's, and especially you being the founder of True and Pure Texture, you probably have some, well, you definitely have some incredibly uh, cut and shaped units that you can just pick out and help you win back a few minutes from those 15 minutes. So I think. And that's what, you know, having hair extensions do help those moments when it's kind of like, it does. Oh, oh, because honestly, Wait. I mean, I feel like my hair was. My, I felt like the, my previous style was good until I went four miles this morning. I went four miles mm. this morning and I got home and I was like, oh, and I had to go to the bank and no longer was like, cool. <laughs> so having, you know, units that are brown allow me to sort of be ready. It's like, let me put on this shirt. Okay, let me put yep. on this hair. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. So what's coming up for you? Are there any projects? Is there anything that my listeners should be looking out for as it pertains to you or true and pure texture or anything that you're working on? Well, what we're working on, we're really just really uh, with the brand, we are really, really just honing into the needs of our customers. So, you know, something as simple as really these really informative care guides with the products, you know, product care guides for the, te- the texture types. I'm really excited about just educating our customer and, 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 and knowing and learning how to support them better. Like, what is the information that they need? So that's what you're going to see uh, evolve and really come out from True and Pure Texture. It's really not only being like where you can get the hair from, but where you can learn about your hair and how to do things, right? So uh, I'm really excited how we're going to roll out those things. And then me as an entrepreneur, just kind of bracing myself for this, you know, last quarter and rolling out the holidays uh, and really just, uh, you know, planning to be more of um, almost like a sister, a big sister to yeah. our uh, customer base in 2023. That, that That's my goal right now. It's like, how do I, how does it feel like your sister? How do you feel like you can, yeah, that, you know, the best advice is going to come from us. Got it. And where can my listeners find out more about you or True and Pure Texture? Yeah, so you can find True and Pure Texture at trueandpuretexture.com. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram. That's where all the excitement is happening. We are on, uh, of course, Facebook and Pinterest, but trueandpuretexture.com, trueandpuretexture on IG, uh, same handle on YouTube. And then you can find me um, at Pekila Riley on IG, as well as pekilariley.com. Guys, honestly, please do, like after you've listened to this podcast, go follow uh, True and Pure Texture because I tell you their content is amazing. Like the content is so on point. You know, if you're trying to figure out like, you know, should I get, should I get clip-ins? Should I get uh, tape-ins? Should I get a wig unit? Should I get the true part? What's the difference between, like, it's all there and it's all what I call snackable content. It's short, it's sharp, it's straight to the point. Um, Honestly, check it out. I think that you'll find a whole bunch of educational resources there that's produced in a fun and loving way. All right, PK, one word to capture how you're feeling right now at the end of this episode. Connected. 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 Connected right now with you, my friend. Yes. Yes, I don't feel like, and I say that because sometimes as women and in our journeys, we feel alone. We feel on an island yeah. and yeah, conversations like this, platforms like the Texture Lounge, 
allow us to sort of sit on the sofa with others and we feel connected to this community of women who are just, you know, walking their path and sharing their journey. So I thank you for allowing me to be in this moment in your journey. Yeah. Oh, I thank connected. you so much. I really appreciate that, Bikila. Um what you guys don't know is that Bikila and I did record an interview actually at that 2019 Mazani shoot that we were talking about. And uh, of course, it was in New York and the windows were open and all you could hear was the soundtrack of New York. So I could never put it out because you wouldn't have heard a word from either of us. But I'm just so happy that um, I felt like I could approach Bikila again and say, look, we, we, I want to do it again. You know, it's, uh, it's years later. We're both in different stages of our lives now. And I want to share with you guys so I thank you Bikila for being here on this virtual lounge with me and I will always continue to support you and um, love the work that you do so please let's continue to stay connected yes absolutely likewise to me thank you for having me